Because I firmly believe that if you're a college material, you should go to college. It just gives you options. It's not the answer. It allows you to have options. It opens up your mind to new possibilities. It just puts you in a different place. Now, the real question is, at what expense? Okay, so I'm so glad you said that. So I'm, so Julia Shea mentioned that she has degrees. I have three degrees, and to your point, I'm not working in any of my degrees. But that is not because of my degree attainment, per se. And so I'm going, I'm going to say this. Like you said, I do believe in college degrees. I do believe that sometimes people are obtaining them for the wrong reasons. Well, hey, everyone, it is Julia Lachey, and this is the Color of Money podcast recording. Thanks for tuning in. If you were with us last week, we talked about budgeting or or for those who don't like that word, we called it a spending plan <laughs> and uh, and also about debt. And we kind of got into this thing about student loan debt, because that tends to be obviously the highest debt that a lot of people have, especially in the black community. And uh, and, and I, I wouldn't let us get into deep because I wanted you to come back this week and hear from our special guest. So uh, with me today is my co-host, Emmerich Peace. We are absent of our other phenomenal co-hosts, Daniel Dixon and Bo McKeady. Um, but we've got Emmerich here, and we have a very special guest who I am very excited about. That's the whole reason why I wouldn't let us get too deep into last week's <laughs> conversation, because I wanted to wait for y'all to hear from her. And who I am talking about is none other than the Dr. Melissa Chester. I met her through NARAB which you all know is the National Association of Real Estate Brokers. We had on Dr. Courtney, who's the president, a couple of episodes ago. And both Emmerich and I have both served as chapter presidents, as, as Dr. Melissa is serving as chapter president of NARAB. In addition to, to that, she is a broker and owner of Red Phoenix Realty, which is in Jackson, Florida. She also owned a real estate school. I didn't forget that. You didn't tell me to mention that, but I didn't forget that, Dr. Chester. She owns a, a real estate school, and she's taken on a role of economic development at LISC. If you all are familiar with LISC, I-L-I-S-C, uh, economic development, she's, she's in charge of that. She's running that nonprofit there. And the reason why she's joining us for this particular conversation today about student loan debt and about student loans and about college education at all is because for 15 years, she was a professor at an HBCU. She was a professor at FAMU. Fam, why can't I never say it right? It's not even hard to say. Look at you should, y'all can't see her face. <laughs> yeah, you, you better get it right because it's somebody sitting there looking. She better say it right. I don't, I'm not, you know what? Right. For that reason, I'm not. Please tell us, Dr. Chester, who you are and where you taught at. I'm not. Y'all not going to get me. <laughs> <laughs> so I taught at the Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University, also fondly known as FAMU. Not Thank Shamu. You. We are not Shamu. We're not FAMU. Shamu's twin brother. It's FAMU. Um, we are the HBCU National Black Champions 2023. That's that's our little shout out for now. Yes, right. But I taught mm -hmm. there for 15 years, but I also taught at Grambling State University, um, University of North Florida. And I did a short stint at Florida State University when I was obtaining my, obtaining my doctorate degree. So but, Now, listen, if you've not taken one of her classes or been under her educational leadership, you have missed out. Uh, so for sure, engage in this conversation. But thank you so much for joining us. I've been waiting a long time for this conversation with you. Thanks for being well, here. Well, Julie, I Thanks. guess I missed out because I haven't been to one of her classes. So. You, you missed out. That's what you, I said. You got to come to one. Yeah. I, I, did some, I did some phenomenal <laughs> classes, Emmerich. True enough. Okay. This is, this is true story. So I, I want to jump right in because the reason I'm, uh, I, I guess I shouldn't be all extra excited about, about it, but 
couple of our episodes that were that it were actually our most listened to episodes. One of them was with Ogla Gatama, where we talked about single black women and the deficit of wealth that single black women have. And one of the primary drivers of the reason of that was because, uh, and I'm just going to summarize it, we're well-educated, got got college degrees, degrees on degrees on degrees, mm-hmm. and still broke. <laughs> um, and and the, the average net worth was was very, very, very low. I'm talking like under $500. And that's because the amount of debt that black women possess. And it's not just women. In general, young people, people of color, tend to have a lot of debt. And most of that debt comes from uh, the student loans and the college education. So this conversation really is about, uh, and I, I hate to put it like this, but is it worth it? You know, you got, you real smart, but you still broke. So, so what do we actually do? How do we use this college education to actually help us increase our wealth and, and that's the nature of this conversation. So before I go too far, what do you think about that, Dr. Chester? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. You guys are probably going to be a little surprised at my answer, but I do think there are positives and negatives to um, college degrees, to obtaining college degrees. And so, you know, I think that what happens is we have to understand what is the purpose of a college degree first, right? Um, most times when people are entering into college spaces, they have no idea what they want to do. They've just been kind of directed that this is supposed to be my next path. Like I'm supposed to go from, you know, K through 12 and oh, I'm supposed to go to college and there are no real plans. And I think that um, we're going to be having some conversations about like, what does, what does college exactly, what, what's the purpose of college, right? What is the exact purpose of college? And so we have to understand the first thing college is for simply is just access to better, it's supposed to be access to higher paying jobs, right? It does provide us access to higher paying jobs. That is a goal of having a college degree. It also should help us in the cycle of generational poverty. That should be a goal of a college degree, right? Breaking those generational cycles of poverty. Um, Also, networking and professional connections. So these are some goals that as, as we as individuals obtain college degrees that we should be striving towards, right? It provides us that opportunity to meet like-minded folk, people that come from different backgrounds, et cetera. It is also an entrepreneurship opportunity. We have to understand that K-12 is primarily designed for us to work for other people, right? That's what mm-hmm. that's what the K-12 system is for. And so when we go to that next level, that's supposed to be about having entrepreneurial opportunities. Now, I think the major barrier to that is just, again, how we enter into the space of college, right? Um, So I'll stop there because I want to hear what you all think about that stuff there. I I like what you said. The first thing you said is access to job. Well, let me say this. Let me just preface this whole conversation. I am not anti-higher education. I myself have degrees. (laughs) And when you said it's access to jobs, I thought, I don't want one of those. I want a career. I'm an entrepreneur, right? And then, and then you said uh, networks and generational cycles. I thought of all the other ways that we're able to build that. Uh, so I'm not anti-college education. I just think that there are other alternatives, especially on this podcast. We promote entrepreneurship quite a bit. And, uh, and, and so I, I love this comment. I love what you've already said because it is a well-rounded conversation. I think you need the education, right? I think people need higher education, 
what type, where you go, how you get it, how you get into it, like you said. All of those things don't have to be the traditional way that somebody just told you because they didn't know any better. Um, you know, but but uh, Emrick, tell Emrick, tell about how your daughter got you. <laughs> <laughs> well, my daughter was, uh, it's interesting. My daughter was going to a school. It was an in-state HBCU, and she decided that she did not want to attend that school, which I understood. And I, I was okay, I said, well, she said, I want to go here, PWI. And uh, I said, well, I said, if you want to go there, my money is here. If you want to go there, you're going to have to figure out how to get there, which is probably going to require you to get some loans because you don't have that additional money. So I said, you can do what you want to do. However, my money is going here. Okay. So she went there. I already knew what the deal was when she went there anyway. However, I wanted that commitment out of her. So she transferred and then I ended up paying the student loan, <laughs> which it was uh, what I knew. But the, the, the interesting part to that is that even after she graduated, she still didn't go into something that was she didn't go into a career path that was her major with her major. Right. So it, and it's just an interesting thing for me. I am I, I am pro college. I am. I am, too. And I do understand that it's not for everyone. So that may not be your path. And if it's not your path, I'm still a firm believer that education is should be your path. Right. Let me make that clear. It may not be a college degree. It could be a, a trade. I'm telling you, I just called the electrician and I was like, damn, I need to make that kind of money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, whether I do any work or not, if I look at you, I'm going to make $150 just for looking, just for you calling me and answer the phone. I'm like, uh, that's a little different. The same thing with the plumber. Same thing with the HVAC guy. You know, it, it's all it's, it's all relative. At the end of the day, um, I believe I, I firmly believe that if you're a college material, you should go to college. It just gives you options. It's not the answer. It allows you to have options. It opens up your mind to new possibilities. It, it just puts you in a different place. Now, the real question is, at what expense? Okay, so I'm so glad you said that. So, I'm, so Julia Shea mentioned that she has degrees. I have three degrees, and to your point, I'm not working in any of my degrees. But that is not because of my degree attainment per se. And so, I'm going. I'm going to say this. Like you said, I do believe in college degrees. I do believe that sometimes people are obtaining them for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And I do think that a lot of times we, as people of color, we're very reactive when it comes to academia, right? We're, we're not very proactive. We don't have a plan going into those collegiate spaces. A lot of us don't go to college, Julia Lachey, believe it or not, for the first time because we really want to get a degree. Like I was, and I was watching this on Instagram. And I was like, wow, he articulated that so well. But sometimes, like me, I'm going to take me. I, I grew up in the projects. I grew up lower socioeconomic. And he was saying, you know, sometimes that's the first time that people actually have a space for themselves, A lot of people go to college for exposure. They go because it's the first time they've actually been outside of their neighborhoods, right? And college is so much more than just academics. like, And it teaches you about scheduling and deadlines and all types of things. It's not just about an an academic career. Because although I'm not using any of my degrees, it does not mean that I'm not using any of the things that I learned in college. It does not mean that I'm not using any of my networks. 
I just think that what happens is we're very reactive when it comes to college. Um, I have three degrees, Emmerich, but I tell people I didn't pay for none of them. I got academic scholarships. So I didn't have student debt. The only debt that I had from student student loans was that I had my own convenience store and restaurant in Tallahassee, Florida, when I was obtaining my doctorate. And I took out a small loan to help me with that business. And that got paid back as soon as I graduated. I think that it has become a form of slavery for many of us because we're degree chasing, we're, 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 we're letter chasing and don't even really have a real plan for those letters once we get them. We just want to be able to say we have the bachelor's or the master's or the doctorate, but you don't even have a real plan as to how that's going to increase your net income. Like there, it makes no sense to go spend $200,000 for a degree that is not going to net you $5,000 a year in increasing salary. Right, right. But I don't mm-hmm. think people, are, I, sometimes, well, you say people get into it for different reasons. I 100% agree. I, I actually am using my degree. My degree is in business management and, and administration. That's what I do, right? Uh, it's a real estate business and I manage and administrate that. That's exactly what I do. And however, like, for example, I, I shared this before, my, 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 pastor, my pastor's wife, every time I see her wants to know if I finished my master's degree. Like, she's been saying this for 10 years. And I'm thinking, like, ma'am, for what? Why? Like, yeah, yeah, why? why? Like, even now, still at this phase in my career, she is just insistent that I get a master's degree just to have the letters, like you said, because it's absolutely not going to net me anymore. Income is not going to build my wealth. In fact, all it's going to do is add, I, I, I wouldn't, I, I just don't see, for me, it isn't the purpose, but for so many people, they just know that that's the route that you are supposed to take in their mind. And so people go to college because the pastor's wife said, you're supposed to go and get a master's degree. And people go to college because mama said, that's what you need to do next. But but you're right, Emmerich, it it isn't necessarily for everyone. My oldest son, he went to college because he wanted to work with uh, a youth education. You need a degree for that. My youngest son that just graduated from high school, I would never spend one red cent, Not not a penny. He is an entrepreneur. But what I did tell him was, you at least need to go down to the community college and get basics. You need to be able to read a PL. You need to know what that is. You need to, but when I first went to college, I took entrepreneurship. That was the class right. I was interested in, right? So it, it, it definitely is beneficial. But at what point in, in the conversation of the disparities that exist, which is what we talk about a lot on this podcast, um, I found it interesting. I found some stats from, are, are y'all familiar with um, Brookings? They do surveys and things. Mm-hmm. They say upon graduation, the average black graduate owes 23,000, which is really low. I don't know how long ago this was. <laughs> oh, Versus how much? Only 23,000. 23, yeah, I don't know. They may just be talking about for the bachelor's degree, though. I'm still feeling like that was at the community college, but okay. Uh, 23,000. The white graduates only owe 16,000. Four years later, the gap triples, even at the top end of the income spectrum. So for whatever reason, you know, it's it's still actually adding and exasperating the gap. It goes on to say that back in 1989, college-educated white households had about five times more wealth than Black people, right? By 2020, 2013, that gap tripled. And specifically for for. For black students uh, by age 30, that, that racial gap we talk about, student loans are 25% of the gap. So well, we wouldn't have as large of a gap if we didn't have this. It's this not that I, I beg to differ. See, we're saying this about yeah. the college attainment, but that's not what it is. So we go back and look at those numbers again. First, 
white people, white, our white counterparts, probably don't need to take out any loans. So, of course, their loan debt is going to be less. There's a whole right? lot in there that says about how they actually had access to money from somebody yeah, they, else. They, they, yeah. Because they have generational yeah. wealth that we don't right. have. So that's the first right. thing. Yeah. And then second, we have to understand that there are a lot of barriers when it comes to us, when it comes to education. Um, you know, I remember, I mean, I, I obtained my PhD at Florida State, and I can speak plainly about this. You know, I got my doctor back in 2009, and I remember being in classes and professors group grading and I'm the only one of color in a group and I'm getting a different grade from my, my counterparts. And I'm like, well, what's the reason for that? And he literally said out his mouth, oh, don't worry about grades. You know, we're not, we're not worried about them. Why are you differentiating grades? And there was no real reason for me getting a B and my counterparts getting an A. So there are, you know, and so there are a lot of things that play into that. And when we talk about that, that gap stretching, it, it comes into also, like I said, wealth attainment. We don't have any wealth. We don't have anybody to pay for our degrees. And then here it is. We have to use financial aid and loans to live, not just to pay for the schooling, but to pay for the apartment, to pay for the bills, et cetera. And so it's again, to me, it's a conversation about how do we proactively come into this thing, Julia and Emmerich. I know a lot of our kids don't like to go to junior college. You guys mentioned that earlier in the conversation, but understanding when you go to a junior college, you automatically get accepted into a state university. Right. You get that two year, that two year degree and you can now get into whatever university you want. But a lot of our kids see that as a, you know, I'm not going to junior college. Well, do they see it as that or has our culture and society taught them that? Well, I think it it depends on who's paying the bill, because remember that education I told you, my daughter, um, she did take classes at community college while she was going to the PWI. And I'm telling you. For the class, she went to summer school. She took four classes. The four classes she took were less than three credit hours. Mm-hmm. One class, yeah. One class at PWI. Yeah. So, yeah, she took those classes. I'm just flat out telling you. Well, that's I, what I, I think the conversation. I was going to be on the hook. She took those classes. That, that I think, is the conversation. So, I think we're all in agreement that the education that you get is good education. You need the education. But like Dr. Chester said when we started... How do you get into it and how do you go? So the, the, the I guess this conversation really could become what is the solution to not to not having to be uh, uh, have a negative net worth, you know, because you went to college. What is the solution? Do you take the, the classes at the community college or do you go to the JUCO or do you what's the solution to still get the education and not end up being upside down and still being absolutely broke when you get out? I think it's a combination, Julia. I, lot, some of it is in summer, and you and it's, it's a we'll see, and it's difficult because I'm speaking as a knowledgeable parent, and I'm speaking as someone who's advocating. However, for those who are who are who are willing to advocate and and gain knowledge in the summer, they have to be willing to take those classes that are substantially discounted, I'm going to call it this substantially discounted as opposed to a normal tuition by going to a, a, uh, a junior college in the summertime and taking those classes, just making sure that the institution will accept those classes that they're taking in the summer. That's huge. That's that that cuts a, that that can cut almost 20, 25 percent off your student, off your bill 
for the year. But you're talking. Well, you're guess also- what? You can go straight from high school to to a, a junior college. You you can go. That can be your first stint without going to Absolutely. college. And now you right. now now. And the great thing about junior college guys, again, here it is. I went as a freshman as, to a junior college or a, a um, community college. Do you know what, Julia? You're 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 you get that AA degree, and guess what happens? Just to say you weren't the best student those first two years. Your GPA starts over when you get into the four year university. Right. You can start again because we know a lot of students make mistakes those first two years that cause right. them to have to take other classes. Mm-hmm. So I'm somebody who, who graduated y'all with way more credit than I was supposed to because I got the fam you baby and I lost my mind. I didn't have direction. <laughs> I was a first college. I was first generation college student. I didn't have anybody telling me anything. And when I graduated, I remember my counselor like, you should have two degrees with all these credits because I was <laughs> flunking classes. I was changing majors because of lack of direction. And we have to take into account, one thing we haven't taken into account, guys, again, that K-12 system, they don't promote junior college. They don't promote trades. All they promote is graduate, go to college. And a lot of times, there are a lot of students who honestly shouldn't even be on the college track. We have children who are not acquiring a degree, but they have debt because they went for a few years and still have this student debt. So here it is. I don't even have a degree, but I have a lot of student debt. These numbers, I didn't read the whole report. It was a lot. But a lot of it is because uh, they say uh, m- uh, 60% of black college students don't actually graduate. Because they're, because that's the track we're pushing them on. And the K-12 system is, is I call it the new, the new form of slavery. Because you, you get all of this debt and now it's impossible for you to live. To your point, we see in real estate, most graduates can't purchase a home because of their their debt to income ratio because of student loan debt. That's the, you know, and again, it's a trick of the devil because you all are chasing letters and degrees. And people are always like, well, you got three degrees, dog. And I'm like, and I'm, I didn't pay for any of them. Let's, let's be clear. I don't have any student loan debt. You know, if I had to pay for it, will I have three? I don't know. You know, one of the things that, that we, we, we cannot overlook is the fact that even in that 60% that, that don't graduate, one of the biggest challenges is that they don't have, an, and I'm a firm believer, they don't have the proper advocate in their corner to reinforce why they're there. And if you don't have anybody to reinforce why you're in school or why you should complete school or or just why to keep going, period, then that's the demise because you, what you're doing is you're working with someone who's 19, 20, 20, 19, 20, typically with a not even a fully developed brain because the brain doesn't fully develop until you're 25. <laughs> and you letting them go on to advocate for themselves they're, they're inspiring themselves, they're motivating themselves, or they're listening to their friends. When their friend leaves, they leave. It's just- Let me ask you this, um, Julia. Does it talk about, because it talked about degrees, but does it talk about HBCU versus a PWI? Because I'm no. going to challenge yeah. you on that one and say at, at HBCUs, we like FAMU, your BCU, they have programs like Student Success Centers. They have these programs where you're you're going to your counselor, you're, you're staying engaged. They, they have these classes that you take as a college freshman, student orientation. Now at a PWI, you're going to be lost in a sauce. You're just a number. 
But as, as at HBCUs, we tend to adopt you as nieces and nephews and et cetera. And I think that's the, to, to the point. We've talked a lot about your network. You brought up the network, networks and things as well, you know, but I, I think that's important. So what about and who they're listening to and where are we getting this from? Some of our listeners may be in this age range where they're going, you know, at, going to college. And it's good to hear that at an HBCU, you're going to get that kind of support. Because at other schools, I remember my son called me, he was on a partial athletic scholarship and I had actually paid cash for the other, for the rest. I, we, we weren't doing loans. I don't believe right. in it. We weren't doing it. He called me talking about, from, from the coach's office, saying, well, my friends, they're getting checks. And he wanted to know how he could get a check because <laughs> all his friends were getting checks. And the, right. and the coach is in the background trying to tell him what to do to apply for these loans. He does, He's not understanding, like, right. they're having to pay this back. And his coach is encouraging him to apply for these loans so he, too, can get a check. And I had to say, put, put him on the phone. Because we don't borrow trouble. I'm not. I'm not doing that. That's and so he. But my son, if he had just been himself and not right. had my guidance, his coach was telling him, "Go ahead and get you some debt." And to your it. point, though, Julie, a lot of us are first generation college students. We and, didn't have yeah. anybody educating us on that. So, so now, granted, he was not at an HBCU. This is why I'm bringing this up. Right. <laughs> you said you said at HBCU we got aunties and and uncles and et cetera. Oh, yeah. That that's not where he was. Right. right. And so they were encouraging him to accumulate unnecessary debt. Not not paid. Why are you telling him to get, you know, and, and he didn't know any better. So right. who do these young people who don't have, like you're saying, Dr. Chester, they don't have guides or, or people. Who do they turn to for accurate information to not end up in a, in a, in a deficit once they get this education? And, and that's a great question. That's when I go back to, like I said, our K-12 system. Understand our K-12 system, we have to do a better job as parents, as community uh, members of those schools to make sure that we are addressing the issues because, you know, they're they're telling them to go to school. And, oh, I can help you fill out these loan, but, you know, counselors, we're filling out these do- loan documents, these, these financial aid documents. And so it's going to be, it's going to take like a village effort. And there is so much information on the internet But, you know, there's no deciphering of the information of the Internet. I think it just takes more conversations, community conversations, um, those of us becoming advocates. Like I said, I know at HBCUs, like we we're like, girl, what you need that money for? You don't need that loan. What you taking that money out for? Like you will have a professor. You'll have someone in the student aid office tell you that. Right. Like, no. No, I'm going to call your mom and tell her you're trying to take out this plus loan, (laughs) this parent loan, you know, on her name that she don't know anything about. But I think that we just have to be more intentional about in that K-12 space, making sure these children are educated holistically as it relates to college, trades, junior college. I think it has to be there because by the time they get into college, most times it's too late. Now, I know I just asked about the the young people. Where do they find the direction? But a lot of the misguided information actually is from the adults. Like I said, Ooh. still today, my pastor's wife is still telling me to just go get some random debt for absolutely no reason at all. Just go get it, girl. What? You know, like, so, and and then on top of that, Nolly would say more elite. My son was in Jack and Jill. Um, uh, I'm not going to uh, 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 talk about it. Let y'all both say, uh, uh, right. Uh, and, and, and you, so y'all, look. Uh, right, we know, we know, we know. <laughs> <laughs> so it was about what prestigious right. school, school you, were, you went to. Oh, he's just going there. I was embarrassed my son was about to go to a JUCO. Actually, he went to a, a college at first and then he got put out because his grades. But nonetheless, uh, he ended up at a JUCO. And and I was like in that in that element of parents who are like, oh, we're 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 Jack and Jill, you know. It, this is coming from adults. This is coming You're from right. their parents, where the it's parents so are right. like, 
no, you got to go to this elite school so that we can look better than the other black folks, you know? And, and so what do we say to those people who are listening right now? Because I know I got some friends that are still Ooh. in that mindset. What do we say to them that are encouraging Amber, you want to go first or you want me to take it? I know what to say. Uh, let, let me go first because I want to hear what you guys say. I want what you say to affect with me. And so what, what I would say to them is just flat out, do you like me? And they would they all say, yeah, Emmerich, you're a really nice guy. And I would look at them straight in the face. Do you understand that I don't have a college degree? Do you understand the accomplishments that have come just from attending college? I was like you, Julie. I took classes that I really, really liked. Um, and that were leading me towards a degree. I just didn't finish. I started making money and I said, okay. <laughs> I looked at my income and I looked at the college degree income. I was like, um, at this point in life, I probably should keep going. But my point, what I would say to them is um, the quality. And well, let's just back up for some of the people who don't know what your level of a success is. And I didn't even share with you, Dr. Chester Emmerich, uh, I, I might say it might be the largest black-owned real estate brokerage in the in the country. Would I be too gone too far if I say that you've got six hundred? Tell, tell them who you are, Emmerich. Tell us who you are, Emmerich. I did, I don't know. Tell me. <laughs> Hi, doctor. My name is Emmerich Peace. I'm retired from the United. I'm 21 years retired from the United States Air Force. I am a real estate entrepreneur. I'm the owner of Keller Williams Preferred Properties. A real estate brokerage with over 600 agents in one location. My brokerage has been constantly ranked in the top 200 of the Keller Williams system over the past uh, 20 years. I am a residential real estate owner. I am one of the few owners of commercial real estate in Prince George's County, Maryland, and I, I own a 52,000 square foot commercial space that my office operates out of. Own it. I heard you. <laughs> I am an operating partner. I'm in the Hall of Fame as a business owner. I'm also in the Hall of Fame as a real estate agent in Prince George's County. Um, but he said he has 600 and they're mostly black agents, 600 black no, agents. No, only 98.8%. <laughs> <laughs> but what I heard you say is, is you started doing real estate and got very successful in real estate and you actually don't have a college degree. No. I and and P- every, can I tell you that Emric, we used to call him the godfather of black real estate at Keller Williams. Everybody want to be like Emric. I right? bet. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm certain. And I tell him, and I tell him, don't set their sights so low because there's so much more you can do other than what I've done. So don't set your sights so low. Just look at me as the as the lower level, and then you just use my shoulders to climb to the next level. I heard that. I, I love it. I love it. And oh, but so, we are about lifelong learning. But to your point, did was the degree in necessary in that journey of lifelong learning for you so now, for him now, it wasn't right no I, i'm still learning i'm a student right. i'm a forever yeah. student let me make that clear i'll be in class at the end of the week i'll be right. in class next week i and what what i understand is that uh there is a collection of information that you gather in your success journey the real question is how do you apply it Ooh, so say that I'm, I, I'm a huge fan of uh, gaining information and knowledge that you can properly apply to advance your cause. And so what I was going to say, is it kind of goes along with what you were saying when she was saying, how do we get those other individuals? It, it's a shifting of a mindset. Like I said, I keep saying it's slavery. It's a mental enslavement that we have that, to your point, this school is better than that school. 
So you want me to go get a whole bunch of more debt instead of just going over here to my junior college and being able to, again, pay pennies on the dollar for the same classes, getting a getting an AA degree. So I already have one degree when I go to this, this four-year university and I get to start over. So if my GPA was a 2.3 and I wasn't doing well, I now have gotten into the nuances of college and I understand I get to start my GPO, GPA over as a, as a junior. I think it we have to start looking at ourselves and to your point and being honest about what we believe, um, where we place value. My, my executive director said um, we were on a, we were doing a Kwanzaa special because I ran a Kwanzaa special because I do some professional development for black educators. And we were talking about what our currency is. What is our currency as black folks? And we've changed what that currency is for us. And so we've now put more value on this prestige and, and appearance, you know, Florida State's degree is supposedly better than a FAMU degree, which when you look at rankings, it's totally untrue. Our programs outrank theirs in so many, so many different um, degree obtainment. But it's about a, a changing and a shifting of a mindset. To your point, your pastor is still trying to go get you to get a master's, but she can't really tell you why. Your pastor's wife, she, she doesn't know why she wants you to, because you're just supposed to have a master's. It's so funny you say that. Julia, I'm not lying to you. I was at FAMU and I was like, oh, I'm going to go get my master's. I had a coach tell me, you need to stop worried about all those degrees, all them other letters that go get you an MRS. <laughs> so he was telling me to go put the, I was like, but he was an older professor, right? An older coach. And he was like, help me out. He was like, your, your focus need to be the MRS and not all these other degrees. I was like. <laughs> hey, Doc, you said something. You said, I want to take something back. You said something. And that's why I stopped beaming because you said something. You said, you said, I go get an AA degree, right? Then I go to a four-year college, university, and I start my academic career over as a junior. It's a lot easier to get a 4.0 starting as a junior than to get a four than a, than a, a, a cumulative GPA of 4.0 when you graduate as a junior than it is as a freshman. As a high so, school student coming out and going in there. So that you just hit me with something. So when they come in and they get this degree, they start their academic career as a junior, that means your, your, your cumulative GPA when you graduate is only over the course of two years, not four years. So when you're when you, if you are if you are going for this position and they and when you graduate and they say well what's your what was your cumulative GPA because there's some intern positions that only take a three a lot of them only yeah. take three point or above if you're only looking at that GPA as a junior then you're more apt to have more opportunities yes. when you graduate as a starting as a junior with that AA yeah. and as a freshman coming into that same year that's deep. But it's, again, it's the way that we as 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 black people, we convey this information to our young people right. and sometimes not even to our not so young people, because I tell people I wish I would have gone and gotten a, a, an AA degree in my hometown, Julia, because I got the fam you on academic scholarship. I got my, my first my I always got a scholarship from master's, bachelor's, mm -hmm. master's, but I lost my bachelor's scholarship because I got a point seven five GPA because <laughs> I didn't know how to act in the streets when I got to college. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to start over. Had I been at a JUCO, yeah. I, it would have been okay. Now I got to climb this GPA up from the depths of hell right. <laughs> <laughs> to graduate with my bachelor's with 3.0. But it was hard. And I, yeah. that's why I had so many hours. Yeah. 
That I think that's good advice. I, I think that, and I think in a nutshell, what we can really summarize is we absolutely all agree that you need higher education. Yes. How and why you're striving for it is is really the key. And and uh, and young people getting the correct advice, and it might not be your mama. What is the real reason? Uh, and and how are we going to attain this education so that we can actually build wealth? That's the goal. The goal is to build wealth, not to get letters. Uh, you know, and I love I like that, especially you ain't even got no MRS because that puts you in a whole different <laughs> wealth situation. You know? <laughs> It took me a second to catch that one. It took me a second to build Because what he was trying to do, Julie, he was trying to sell me off to one of the Florida State players. He was like, you need to be like such and such over there. She went over there and she got Deion Sanders. I was like, I'm not here for that. I'm here to get my degrees. He was like, you're a fool. You're a fool. I was like, okay, coach. I think I would ask you, really, you know, for, for our listeners, Dr. Chester, what is the one thing that you would want people to take away from this conversation. Just what Emmerich said, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily a college degree, but you should always attain more learning. The, the goal is to attain higher education, not necessarily a collegiate degree, but to be able to improve your current circumstances and situations and be more proactive and not reactive. You know, we temp sometimes we just get in these spaces like, oh, I'm here. What do I do now? But start thinking about it early as to what is it that you want to accomplish and what is the most effective goal to get there? If you know that you want to be in entrepreneurship, then you should be taking college business classes like you said you did, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We have to be more intentional when we're going into these spaces. A lot of times, to your point, we go based on what someone told us to do. Oh, mama told me to go get a college degree in pharmacy. I have no interest in pharmacy. But she said that's who makes six figures. So what happens? I get the family and I flunk out of pharmacy, mm -hmm. Right. So just being more intentional and proactive and truly understanding what path it takes for you to obtain the goal that you have set for yourself and not what someone else has set for you. Emrick, final words for our listeners. Okay, so the title of this was Unpacking the Impact of a College Education. It wasn't a college degree, it was a college education. And with that being in mind, uh, education is the... is. I will say is the key to unlocking your financial and career destination. And so just take a look at that. I think we should all take a look at that no matter who you are. And yes, college education is the key word. Are you obtaining information? Are you obtaining knowledge that will allow you to improve your current and future situation from an earning potential perspective and a happiness perspective. I believe that's what that's what we really have to take a look at. Are you being educated to improve your financial situation and your lifelong happiness? And uh, at the end of the day, it's about education. College education is a different level, which I can appreciate. We all can appreciate. And I just believe that our listeners should look at that direction in addition to anything else that their heart desires is going to improve their financial situation and their happiness. Yes. Well, thank you both. Thank you both. Thank you very much, Dr. Chester. An honor and a privilege to hear from you. I appreciate you joining us on today's podcast episode. Until next time, friends, tune in next week for a more transformative conversation to help you earn more, learn more, and build wealth. All right. Thank you, Dr. Chester. Thank you guys for having me. It was awesome. Thank you. 
Follow the Color of Money podcast today and get notified when new episodes are released weekly. Be part of this transformative listening experience. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. The views, thoughts, and opinions of the guest represent those of the guest and not KWRI and its affiliates and should not be construed as financial, economic, legal, tax, or other advice. This podcast is provided without any warranty or guarantee of its accuracy, completeness, timeliness, or results from using the information. 